who I am going as for CCM Halloween. CCM Halloween, okay. Who who is this? The one and only Stephen Curtis Chapman. We've discussed this. You do kind of look like him. Um, you, yeah, you I mean... You look like a, a young SCC. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I, whenever I'm at church, it is inevitable a little old woman will come up and be like, you look just like Stephen Curtis Chapman. And now that my hair is a little shorter uh, than normal, it's like kind of spikes up in that in that Stephen Curtis Chapman style. Wait, so, so you're spiking up your hair now? Well, I usually like comb it over to the side, but my hair is so thick that it just stands up straight when it's this short. So uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of the energy that I'm bringing hair wise. Do you know what Stephen Curtis Chapman sounds like when he's just talking like a normal human being? Because I'd like to hear it, your impression of him. No, okay. Um, so, I, let's see. Come on, let's go. I'm diving in. Okay, I got to translate that to speaking. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna channel the energy of Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh huh. Um, or can you interview me? Ask me a question. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what um, what were you thinking when you wrote the title track on your new song? Zion Bop. I well, <laughs> Zion Bop. I was just thinking about the party that we'll have up in heaven, guys. Um, you know, it's gonna be great. We're gonna go up there and just really dance around, and we're gonna be surrounded by mom, dad, and all our dogs, and we're <laughs> mom, dad, mac- and all our dogs. <laughs> every dinner's macaroni, and uh-huh. we're we're gonna go up there and uh, we're gonna have pudding for dinner. Along with our macaroni. Yeah, I did. I thought Every Dinner's Macaroni was a pretty good track on the album as well. Um, and we can play football touchdown. Remember yeah. that in that Christian song? Well, that's audio adrenaline. Um, in God's big, big house. Yeah. Um, it's so, my father's house. Uh-huh, yeah. So, welcome to Purely Nostalgia, uh, the podcast where we look at the movies that we liked as kids with our adult eyes. We try to figure out if they're actually good or if we just thought they were. My name is Eli Shapsmith, and I am the greatest good you are ever going to get. And my name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and I am what the French call Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh-huh, and that is, um, what is the French word for Stephen Curtis Chapman? Laissez compétent. Yeah, so is there, a, is there a CCM artist that I look like? Um, I mean, you kind of resemble Stephen Curtis Chapman in, like, an alternate universe. I mean, really... Really, we all do, don't we? We all have. We all carry a piece of Stephen Curtis Chapman. We all, Can we shorten that? We all bear the S- image of this SCC. SCC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I can't even think of any other, you know, CCM artist. Yeah, I don't know. Is there one that's just like a, a guy with a beard? Or in, uh, <laughs> I, mean, well, I think they all are like that. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the that's kind of the vibe that most of them bring now. Like, um. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can be SCC, and you can be Stephen Furtick? Stephen Furtick, no. First of all, I don't look anything like him. Second of all, he's not a CCM artist. Well, he is. does he, like, sing in their band? I don't actually know. Maybe he does. He looks like he would do that, you yeah. know? He like looks he like the kind of that. guy that would sometimes bust out a guitar and be like, guess what, guys? I'm leaving it's worship today. <laughs> it's me, Christian Deadpool. And I bet he knows. Oh, wow. This would have been the best episode to bring back Christian Deadpool. I mean, we sh- we could do it. We we should have planned that. Um, yeah. For those of you who are uh, just now joining us for the first time ever, 
first of all, what a weird one for you to kind of <laughs> drop in on. Yeah, I feel like we should just go ahead and say up front, if this is your first ever episode of Purely Nostalgia, maybe not the best one to start with. Maybe listen to our last one about B-movie first. Sure. It's, it's a bit more of a, a standard app. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, yeah, I mean, Christian Deadpool, it was, what if, what if Deadpool got saved? That uh, was the bit that we did. And that was maybe episode four or five of our podcast. And we thought mm-hmm. we were the kings of comedy, so to speak, because yep. we, th- we thought, what if Des- what if Deadpool Christian? And, and he would still cuss, but yes. he felt bad about it. Yes, he felt bad. Well, and he, he would still cuss and like his senior pastor would sometimes be like, dude, like I get it. You've got that like edgy raw energy, but you really need to scale that back when you're behind mm-hmm. the pulpit. And he's like, I can't. I can't. I'm just too raw and real. Too what? Too raw and real. Oh, I thought you said raw and real. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I didn't know if that was a modern Christian thing. I'm too raw and real. No, uh, we tried to get Christian Deadpool back on the show, but his schedule is nuts these days um, mm-hmm. because he's out uh, doing all kinds of interviews about the the Great Shark Pandemic because he just finds that to be a lot of really comedic gold territory for him. This this episode really is a lot of inside baseball, isn't it? Like if you, it, it, yep, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of in talk here. I feel like. Well, it doesn't have to be, but I I feel like we should mention. That okay, so we're talking about the movie Left Behind today. Mm-hmm. Let sorry, more specifically, Left Behind Colin the movie, which is the one that yeah. came out in two thousand with Kirk Cameron. It is a Christian movie, um, and it is not exactly a kids movie, which we normally talk about kids movies on this podcast, but it was still very much a movie that was part of our childhoods. Um and yeah. So we're going to talk about it today, and it's not exactly a standard episode, and I still think it'll be enjoyable if that is not, if, like, Christianity is not part of your background, but um, I can't promise that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, when we did things like Space Jam or Like Mike, Mm -hmm. we would, you know, have to kind of... We, we even had to have a bit where I had to guess the rules of basketball. That's mm-hmm. how little we knew about sports. But this one's kind of right in our right in our home court. Mm-hmm. I feel like so if we we are yeah, both I, I want to rapture scholars. Correct. We are. I am post trib. Elisha is pre trib. Um, I don't actually know if that's true. But, yeah, and um, <laughs> no, I don't know which of those things. I I don't think I'm any of those things. Um. <laughs> And we, we, we want to say this up front, and I know you and I actively said this, but we are going to do our very best to not get on any type of evangelical soapbox. And it's going to be hard, this. because I think for both of us, this watching this movie again brought up a lot of feelings. Um, yes. T- okay, so tell me, because we both, we discussed this before we started recording a little bit, I think we're both going to be tempted to get up on soapboxes. What's the temptation for you? <laughs> I well what did um, this stir up in you? Truthfully, I I'm going to I have less um in times knowledge than you do probably because you you are still involved in the church a little bit more than I am. I mean like I still obviously I go to church and I am still definitely consider myself a Christian, but I'm saying that like your line of work keeps you actively involved in the church mm-hmm. as opposed to mine. But this, what I'm trying to avoid is almost like a therapy session, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, because my, my views on the, uh, on revelation and the, the rapture and the end times have drastically shifted. 
in like the past couple years. And so yeah. I, I, I want to make it clear that this is not an episode of my theological or my, um, what, what is the word that they use uh, for like rapture scholars, deontological? Uh, eschatol- uh, eschatology? Uh, yeah, <laughs> eschatological. yeah. Eschatological. We're not. I'm not going to talk about eschatology or yeah. my eschatological, my gynecological views. Um, uh huh. Okay. That, so that's hold on. That hold wanna... Before we move on, <laughs> let's see what the people thought about that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they thought that was pretty good. Okay. Because there are there are a lot of things that I struggle with, and there's a lot of things that I'm unsure about when it relates to how literal we should believe that or you know read into this stuff and so i'm definitely do not study eschatology and i'm not going to pretend like i do so you know i'm not going to that is my pre-soapbox of me saying that i'm not i'm going to do my best not to get into what i believe just to talk about what i believe sure and uh yeah so the if the temptation for you is to make this a therapy session the temptation for me is going to be to get on a soapbox and just just start yelling about how angry this movie made me because mm-hmm, sure <laughs> this movie like you you said uh like your view of revelation or uh the end times changing over the last couple of years that's very much the same for me as well and i don't uh i don't think anybody comes to this podcast for takes on like on on the book of revelation but there were a lot of things in this movie that I was just like. If, if you have that... been coming to this podcast for that, I, <laughs> you know you've played the long game. <laughs> um, I just feel like this movie did so much harm to <laughs> Christianity mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and yeah. it makes me very upset and angry. And a lot of those ways are rearing their ugly heads again, particularly in the moment in time that we live in with the Great Shark Pandemic of 2020 yep. and other things. Um, and so my temptation is going, uh, what, what I'm going to try to avoid doing is just being extremely angry about that. Cause we want to have fun. Cause this is a goofy, yeah. dumb, bad movie. Right. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, above all of it being kind of, you know, m- damaging to some people, you know, emotionally and spiritually above all of that, it is not hard to find the silly flaws of this movie. Yes. So that's our that's our disclaimer up front. Just that's mainly for the people who I think if you've been with us this long, you're 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 on board. But if if you're just tuning into this episode, it'll be a little bit different than normal episodes. And we're going to try to keep it as light and fun as possible. But the movie left behind colon the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie about when you get left behind because Jesus didn't take you to heaven. And. <laughs> <laughs> And this movie came out in 2000, and it was very much, uh, well, let's just get into like our personal experience. Let's start with our personal experience with this movie, and then I want to talk about our personal experience with kind of the subject matter of this movie. What's mm-hmm. your experience with this movie? Yeah. So, and, and I want to I want to preface this in case like my fellow evangelical. <laughs> what if this friend, whole episode is just prefaces? <laughs> it, yeah, that's that's what it is. It's all we're just hedging the whole way. But in case my you know evangelical friends and or my family or my wife li- listen, happen to listen to this episode, I'm sorry. I'm did you just say that you're married? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, sorry, I know no married talk. Let me write that down but, in my notes so I don't forget that. Okay. Uh, I am still a Christian. I still, you know, believe in God, that he is our almighty creator, and that Jesus has saved us from eternal damnation. That is still what I believe. 
Um, so I, I, even though I am going to be probably, probably, you know, fairly critical of this movie, um, that is still what I believe. Yeah, same. Uh, but this movie sucks and I hate it. <laughs> I just I just want people to know that because yeah, that's, that's not anything that's not anything I'm ashamed of, but I just want to get that out there. Um, so my experiences with this movie: this movie came out in 2000, like you said. So I was still in elementary school when this came out. Uh-huh. Um, I went to a Christian elementary school, much like you, um, and I can remember in our library them having the Left Behind books there in in the library, which is heavy stuff for, to have in an elementary school library, but it was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, at, you know, the, these movies, because this is the first one of three, are based off of a 16-part series that lead you in uh, from pre-tribulation to post-tribulation to everything in between, and um, and then a thousand years after that. But um, And then yeah, a million I, bajillion years after that. I don't know. Yeah, it's and then eternity, eternity after that. Know. Correct. Um, but I, I can remember, I think my sister brought home this movie and I can remember popping it in, um, right before going to Awana, oddly enough. Um, Awana, I feel like is not a, um, you know, a deep cut for those who aren't Christian, but it's like, it's, it's fun Christian camp. Every I actually day. never had Awana. That was really? never a part of my childhood. We didn't do that at my church. So okay, interesting. Yeah, but, we did Awana, which was very what, fun. T- give me the pitch on Awana. What do you do at Awana? Um, it's basically you. You go. It's for elementary school kids. So you go from Cubby to Sparky to um, what is it called? Uh, like Freedom Fighters or something <laughs> like that. So it's co-ed uh, Boy Scouts. Yes, basically, Kid Scouts. but. Kid Scouts, but Christian-themed. Oh, gotcha. It is all under the blanket of a Kid Scouts, so you, but, you, but overtly Christian-themed. Yes, absolutely. So you learn Bible verses. You like learn how to be a biblical scholar kind of yeah. along the way. Um, we but did it, RAs and I, GAs, which I think was our version of that. RAs okay. was what the boys did, and GAs was what the girls did. So the RAs stood for Royal Ambassadors and girls stood for Girl Ambassadors. Just kidding. What? No, That's no, silly. No, girls, girls in action is what GAs was. But we, the okay. joke was that it was Girl Ambassadors. Okay. It, I mean, that's an easy joke. I don't know why they chose to make them so close to each other. Uh, probably because they couldn't say BAs, you know, yeah. Boy Ambassadors or MA. Male Ambassador works. <laughs> but... Um, Male yeah, ambassadors I, is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, no, yes, I think, it well, is. RAs came first, and then they're like, "Well, this is just for boys. We need a girl version of this." And they're I like, see. "It can't be girl ambassadors. Let's make <laughs> it stand for something else." Much like many things in America. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember watching the like half of it before Awana, and then the other half after Awana, and um, I watched it with my sister, and I can remember her po- pointing out to me and saying. That's the Antichrist, and I was like, <laughs> "Whoa, okay." I didn't know the a movie had the balls to do this, um, and you know, kind of like like you said earlier, it freaked me out a lot as as a kid. Um, I mean, just Revelation as a whole did, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later because we're just talking about the movie right now. But I can remember uh, after seeing this movie, talking to my dad in the kitchen and being like, he was just a normal person and he was the spawn of Satan. He was just a normal person. They didn't know. (laughs) 
And he's like, yeah, son, that's just kind of the thing is that people don't know. If they did know, they probably wouldn't let it happen. And I was like, so it could be any of us. And he's like, whoa, hold on a minute. And I was like, it could be. I was like, it could be me. And he's like, son, stop. And I had like a mini existential crisis in my kitchen where I was like, what? And I... I have yet to do a full stand-up bit on this, but my intro is that like one of my biggest fears as a kid was growing up and wondering if I was the Antichrist and Satan just hadn't told me yet. Mm-hmm. And it was because of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I remember just like having a breakdown in my kitchen because I'm like, nobody knows. What if it's me? What if I am Nikolai Carpathia and I'm here to make the world peaceful but also destroy it with the, my ten kingdoms? Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I'm shaking and sweating right now. Um. How about your experience um, with, with this piece of cinema? This piece of cinema. So, I remember watching this movie at home with the fam, and I mm. think we had, I think we had a full-on movie night where um, we watched this oh, when, wow. <laughs> at the point when the sequel was out. So we watched, I think, the first and second Left Behind movies. Um, the second one is Tribulation Force. Yes, and we're not going to talk. We're not going to do an episode about that movie. So, I, so right. part of my experience with this movie is with uh, that movie as well because I think we watched them like both in one night. And specifically, the part of that movie that scarred me for life was there's mm-hmm. a moment where Nikolai Carpathia is talking to someone and like shaking their hand, and yep. that person looks into his eyes and for a second his face deforms and he like becomes like a snake man. Yep. And like, I've seen I, that part. I've looked up YouTube videos of this clip since then to like see what it actually looks like. And it is like the worst effects you've ever seen, as you can imagine. Like it looks hilariously <laughs> bad, but as a seven year old or whatever, for some reason that image scarred me. And I remember actually like sitting on the couch with my parents and just diving into a pile of blankets and burying my face in them and not looking at the TV for the rest of the movie. And like the the movie was playing and I was just like burying my face in the blankets. And my parents kept saying like, look, look at the screen. It's not scary right now. And I was like, no, I'm never looking at the TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the screen, honey. It's the Antichrist, but he looks normal. And I don't think it was specifically the image that was scarring me like that because there's something that changes when you're watching a movie that is about scary mystical forces and your family and your your church community are telling you this is real and this is going to happen Mm -hmm. and this is the thing in the world that you should be the most scared of this is what you are preparing for right and then you see a scary snake man on the tv and it scares you and you go that's that snake man is yep. <laughs> in my bedroom and he's going to kill me. Um, yep. This movie is it, it, for kids, you know, that have a hard time, which, uh, you know, I'll, like you said, this is not a kid's movie, but I feel like it was shown to kids. Oh, um, yeah, for lot. sure. Um, it, it, it almost like because you cannot distinct or you cannot make that distinction between like this is an interpretation versus this is fact. And so kids probably took this as like seeing and seeing into the future. So it's like, holy crap, this is a a prep guy. This is what this is what is going to happen. And seeing it out and the fact that they, you know, had those freak out moments or like when Nikolai shoots people in the head. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, that, that'll scare kids because it's like that this is what will happen because it's interpreting something that Christians believe is inevitable. And so right. that is, you know, that is the scary part. Um, with regards to you asking your father if maybe you were the Antichrist, I wanted mm-hmm. to bring this up too because I don't <laughs> think that specific thought entered my brain from watching the Left Behind movies, but that was something that came to me at some point in my upbringing. Do you remember the movie um, The Omen? There was Absolutely, a, yeah. So there's a, the 70s is the original one. They did a remake in 2006. Mm-hmm. And it's like about it's like the, about the Antichrist as a kid, right? Like yeah, it's his birth and yeah. then them basically trying to murder this child. So that movie came out on June sixth, two thousand six, which is the date was six six six. Yep. Which is and guess scary. where I was? Where? Six Flags. No joke. <laughs> I was at the beach. And oh, cool. <laughs> and I remember seeing trailers for the movie at the beach, and it scared me because I was familiar with the Antichrist from watching the Left Behind movies. And mm-hmm. then in these trailers, like seeing that he's a kid and I was, that's when I had the thought of like, like Holy oh crap, my I'm goodness, it could be anyone. And I also thought that like, I thought that the 666 thing was so scary. And I was like something bad. Like the Antichrist yep. is going to like either be born or like reveal himself on 666. Like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I know, it didn't happen, but um Yeah. So that kind of um, transitions us into talking about just, I would like to hear a little bit about your experience with just the whole concept of the rapture. Sure. Um, and, and oddly enough, like, I, I don't want to, you know, make this sound sappy, but you you and I have had conversations about this, and mm-hmm. you know, like, my anxiety about about this. And some of the stuff that you have told me has been fairly comforting. And uh-huh. I, it hasn't changed, you know, what I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or because I'm kind of in a limbo state, but it, it, what you have said has comforted me. Uh, so, you know, take take solace in that, uh, that what you are doing is working. Um, well, good. It should. But uh, I can remember very clearly my first revelation message. And I'm sure everyone in church has had this moment of remembering when, you know, the the pastor or the speaker, whoever, took out time to just, scare the bejesus out of you um we had a guest speaker i'm pretty sure it's pronounced jesus oh not the bejesus yeah oh well the bejesus is the satan version oh (laughs) okay yeah but um yeah our our church which i still attend this church i've attended the same one my whole life elisha and i both grew up baptist um but we um and you're still the ba- in the Baptist fold, <laughs> and well, I I am still in the Baptist fold. I don't know about you, um, no, <laughs> but you know you're not um, not in the official sense, yeah, or in yeah. or in any other sense really. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, but our our church was not very um end times focused. That's not really the Baptist thing. We're more concerned about eating. Um, but to, to make a joke, but you know, bab- <laughs> okay. Wow. And the people and all God's people said, <laughs> um, but I, I can remember that we had a guest speaker that came and spoke about revelation and I was sitting front row in the sanctuary listening to this and he was he was you know talking about John specifically because we don't know who wrote the book of revelation but it is theorized that it was John am i right in saying that 
Um, yes, I, most people think it was. Actually, I think we know that it was someone named John, and most people think it was the John that was one of Jesus' disciples, but we don't know that okay. for sure. Yeah, not John the Baptist, uh, but John the disciple who was exiled. And so people think that he wrote it while he was, in, uh, while he was exiled. But um, I can remember him talking about that and just being really, really vivid and it scaring me to death. You know, me having nightmares, me being, you know, absolutely freaked out by it. And that has, while I've never sought personal help about this, you know, that has carried into my adult life to the point, and I'm I'm hedging here a little bit, and I'm sure that you have experienced stuff like this, but anytime, like, something big happens in the world, mm-hmm. like an election happens, or... A, um, a natural disaster happens, which is just part of existence. A shark um, pandemic. A shark pandemic happens. Your first thought is, holy <laughs> this is the end. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I cussed. Maybe we but... can leave that one not bleeped because it is our Christian episode, and that was like preaching cussing. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, a cool I don't pastor. Know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do what you will. Um, but it, it, that, that is the first thought that pops into your head is like, this is the end. You know, this is this is, or it is the beginning of the end, uh, to use a, um, a a colloquialism in, in Christianity. But that is something that still persists to this day. Is anytime something bad happens, or like anytime an, somebody that is an elected official ascends to power and you do not agree with him, you're like that is the Antichrist. Yeah, that's that Nikolai. Just, Right, and, and that's not me saying, like, I actively believe that, but that's just because of my programming, I guess. That is where my mind instantly jumps to. Yeah. Um, and that's freaky to me. And so, uh, you know, that still happens, especially when this, you know, shark pandemic happened. That is where my mind has been dwelling constantly. Mm-hmm. And while I don't believe that to be true, it's hard to shake that feeling. Um, yeah, and you know, for for a long time. Sorry, I'm you know kind no, of you're good. pontificating. But this is for therapy the, for you. Take all the right, time exactly. You, uh, you know, for the long time, like I said, I actively subscribe to the way that Revelation should play out. Is, is how this movie plays out. That's yeah. what I subscribe to for the longest time. That's not what I believe anymore. But um, you know, that's what I I, I was like. Well, <laughs> these guys got it. Yeah. Um, you know, it is incredibly literal, and that's what I believe for the longest time. But yeah. Um, to pass the ball to you, what is your experience re- with Revelation? Um, I would say pretty similar to yours. And I think um, what you said about just like, even if you don't actively believe that so-and-so is the Antichrist or this is something from Revelation being played out in a literal sense, like this current event, whatever it is, um, even if you don't actually believe that, like you said, it is very difficult for that to not at least come into your mind when that is the culture that you were uh, saturated with growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's definitely true for me. I don't necessarily have those thoughts of like, oh, no, this person might be the Antichrist anymore. But um, those feelings of just like in times fear, uh, I can still like feel how real that was when I like recall those instances because like um, I remember let's see I remember going to like a church camp once and we had a guest speaker that talked about end times which like it it was like elementary school age so it was like I I don't think that I I would just go ahead and say like I don't think you should be 
telling <laughs> elementary school age kids about this stuff because it is very scary and I don't know how it how important it is for you their see faith. those Pokemon yeah it's the mark of the beast yes <laughs> like I really don't know how important it is for them and I think it is only going to scar them people would disagree I I just I think it is something that is there's so much uncertainty around it that it's should something that should be explored when you're older I, I would say but um I remember like being very scared that I would that I mean there's there's an underlying fear I think when you grow up in evangelical circles of like am I really saved like if I died today would I go to heaven sure. um, because you're constantly hearing salvation messages that all end in an invitation to say the prayer and you say it over and over again and you're like maybe it worked this time and mm-hmm. so that underlying fear also leads to a fear of like if the rapture happened today my parents would be taken to heaven and maybe I wouldn't be. And mm-hmm. so like anytime you can't find your parents for 10 minutes, like <laughs> that's where your mind goes. It's like, Oh wow. The rapture happened and uh, I am left here on earth and now I have to fight Nikolai Carpathia. Um, it's up to you. So that fear was very real for me growing up. Um, and yeah, I would just say without getting too much into it, um, in recent years, I I just do not believe that the end times will play out in any way similar to this movie. But that would be a whole different topic that I would love to do on a different podcast. But so that has like I, I think it seems like that fear maybe for you is still more present, whereas for me I think it's a little bit more in the past. But yeah, I mean it, I relate to it. It's definitely here for me, but mm. I, as opposed to, to even when I was in high school, I, I now have, you know, the agency to recognize that it's not rational. Um, but do, do you, you know, this movie, I don't believe they say it explicitly. They say it Im- implicitly, I guess. Um, but the uh, age of accountability is something that is hinted in this movie, which for those biblical scholars, um, that's basically why children are raptured in this movie is because they are too they are too young to go to hell i guess um and they are they're innocent enough am i am i saying that right up oh, hello are you still there elisha elisha just kidding i wanted you to think that i got raptured <laughs> No, I, I thought... <laughs> and let's see what uh, the people thought about that. They think it's very funny. See, that is... Um, that's very hacky me. in Baptist circles. Yeah, that's good. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. But am I, am I um, you know, characterizing the age of accountability correctly? Yes, yes the idea that, like, you... Uh, there's a certain age where you reach, like, knowledge of good and evil... And before that age, you can't really be held accountable for being sinful. And so if you die before that age, you go to heaven. I can I can remember the pastor saying, uh, which I can't remember how old I was. I'm sure I was below the age of 12. But uh, the pastor talking about Revelation and mentioning the age of accountability. And my first thought was, crap. Dude, am I now because I heard this? Am I now at the a- above the age of accountability? Mm. Did he ruin this for me? Um, so it's like crap. If it had happened before this, I would have been good. But this guy, 
made me yeah. now understand morality. He took your innocence, and now you will go to hell. Um, Correct. Yeah, I. Th- that's something that like different uh, denominations of Christianity will disagree on. But this movie takes a hard stance on that issue and mm-hmm. says, "Kids will go to heaven," <laughs> which yep. does make the whole contents of this movie a little bit more palatable. I would say. Because sure. you're like, well, at least there are no tiny children left on Earth without parents. Being there's tortured. Still, yeah. There's still plenty of teens that are yeah. <laughs> um, abandoned by their Christian parents. But uh, Did you, I know you're not a dog person, but the sight of seeing the dogs walking around without their owners, Chandler and I watched this together, uh-huh. was incredibly troubling for us. Yeah, I actually wrote down in my notes, like, that's, <laughs> there's a, a shot in the airport where there's, it's like a, a transition shot right at the end of a scene where a dog walks by and he's dragging his leash behind him. And I was like, that was kind of a nice little detail. <laughs> yeah. Or there's a dog that's just sitting by his owner's clothing. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's upsetting. And it, it was upsetting. It was. Um, but should we, uh, you know, therapy session over, uh-huh. should we get into the 10,000 foot view of this movie? Well, we haven't set our ratings for this movie. Oh, we haven't. Man, my gosh. We've been, I feel like it. we've been talking for hours. And I just said, I think the one positive thing that I'm going to say about this movie was the uh-huh. thing about the, the shot of the dog walking with his owner's leash. Because, <laughs> sure, um, that was the only redeeming moment for you. I'll just say, and this and 2020 has been a year for us watching bad movies on this podcast. Sure um, has. Because these are some big words I'm about to say, but this is at the bottom of my ranking for this show. Whoa. This, this is a one out of ten for me. Uh, purely based on quality or are you factoring in damage so, right i think it factors in both of those things i think with just quality alone i i think a one out of ten is still pretty reasonable but i right. do have feelings of anger toward this movie and okay so i think that factors factors into it too so what I about mean, you that's fair <laughs> yeah i mean i gave it a two out of ten um well, so, so i didn't love, love it. this movie Twice as much as you, <laughs> um, but and, and and the reason that I did is because I could. I'm looking at it cinematically. I could foresee it mm-hmm. being a crossover hit. You know, I yeah. it's like okay, this has the pieces. This has the potential, and um, as we will talk about in two weeks from now, um, mm-hmm. even with higher production value, uh, it, it done did not do it. Um, I agree with you that it, that there, I think there could be a fun movie in here. Mm -hmm. And like the, we, we have said his name many times, uh, Nikolai Carpathia. I don't think that guy was a bad actor. Oh my Um, goodness. Have you noticed Nicolas Cage and Nikolai Carpathia? Those names are pretty similar. Those names are very similar. And scene. Um, but like the 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 UN scene is, are they in the UN? Is that what that is? Yes. Uh, yeah, the UN scene. It's like okay, this has the potential to be a compelling scene, or mm-hmm. the the rapture scene in the airplane. Like it's like okay, I if I use my imagination, I can imagine how this would be a really effective scene. Yeah, it could be um, like a fun Twilight Zone type thing. Yeah, yes, exactly. If that's how it was presented, so that's that's why I loved it twice as much as you, is because <laughs> I could foresee how this could be, um, you know, 
actually good or somewhat good, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But because of what it is, I mean, I don't think that I feel explicit anger at it towards you or like you. I just I feel more ambivalent than anything. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, that's where I am. Well, okay. I loved it. That's fair. You love this movie. It's a great movie. Um, well, well, let's get into a ten thousand foot view of this movie, and I think it's pretty clear how we are getting. I was thinking about there. this today. Um, how are we getting up there? I'm not rapturing. I'm not rapturing. No, I don't want to do there. that because that's too scary. I think we yeah, just get it, in an airplane. Yeah, we get in R- Rayford Steele. That's his name, right? Yes. Rayford Steele's plane, uh-huh. and he flies us up, and he's trying to kiss us. But he is trying sa- to kiss us. But we said, no, sir. He's having an affair uh, with us, and we said, <laughs> well, we say, and then he breaks I'm going our to the U.N. later. <laughs> <laughs> Once his wife is out of the picture, then he says, actually, I cannot date you anymore. And we say, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. We go yep. to the UN. Okay. So we're up in yep. the air. Exactly. Uh, so here we are. So this movie, um, it, it basic, <laughs> where do I even begin? <laughs> um, it's about the, it's about the end times. Okay. And there's this, this main guy. Is Rayford Steele the main character, or is, uh, what's his name? Great Buck question. Williams. Completely valid question that I don't think the movie answers. I think Buck Williams is supposed He's to be the main character. He's probably more the main character, yeah. Yeah. So there's Buck. Um, that's our Buck. He is the GNN news anchor, and he's filming something in Israel, and once you know, uh, the, the end of the world starts happening. Oh, no. Uh, it, just, it just does it like that. And they're like, darn it, <laughs> is, this, is this it? And um, my oh my, how, how am I going to do this? Um, so and blah, 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 re-revelation, the things start happening, people disappear. Uh, well, they don't well, know well they... what happens in Israel is something separate from that because someone is trying to attack Israel. I th- I, it's some other nation is trying to attack Israel and their planes yeah, just say. start crashing and they all die and nobody yeah. knows why it happened. And apparently yeah, and that's some interpretation of some prophecy and revelation. Yeah, yes, that it's like Israel would be God's chosen people and they will be protected. Yes, and, and that's like so that's like the first big thing that happens. Yeah, which is a a, a pre indication, I bet. I yes. I guess. So, you know, you, you meet our you meet our characters. Uh Buck Williams, not, not a Christian. Rayford Steele, not a Christian. Rayford Rayford Steele's daughter who is a teenager, I guess, and she starts dating Buck. <laughs> yeah, she's um, like 20, and her dad's okay. like, I guess. 23, or yeah. <laughs> like 35 or something. Yeah, he's probably like 40, but. Uh, but she is also not a Christian, and they get left behind, and you know, and the pastor gets left behind, and they're all spooked out. And Nikolai Carpathia, who is formerly the president of Romania, who is now, he's now a, um, a, humanitarian mm-hmm. is like he takes over the the UN as their general secretary and then the people that kind of elevated him to power uh, he turns on them and murders them but um, the reason that they basically what they're doing is that they have bought 10 tracts of land it, what is it near Israel or on Solomon's temple Yeah, and uh, they're rebuilding Solomon's temple beside the um, the Temple on the Mount in Israel, they're like, mm-hmm. this is actually the true site, so the Muslims are going to be cool with this. And um, and that they're basically just stacking up and teeing up. They're like, here's something in Revelation that right. happens. And basically, they create a global world currency 
and the Bitcoin. whole thing of the, it's coin it's bitcoin um oh gosh that just gave me like loads of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> that's like a real thing some people think bitcoin might be that but uh, that i mean it's not uh, yeah. bitcoin has crashed but um <laughs> yeah that that just filled me with loads of anxiety <laughs> but um it, they're basically the whole theme of this it's like it's all about the money buck and uh, when she know the end of the world happens, and they're very literal with with all of it, and uh, bunch the, of naked people go up to heaven. Bunch of naked people go up to heaven, and they're clothed in robes, and their clothes are just laying there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, there is this coalition that is established of Buck, Rayford Steele, his daughter, and their pastor, where they're like, "We got to take this guy down." And they establish themselves as the tribulation force, teeing mm-hmm. themselves up for a sequel. Um, that was all over the place, but that's just kind of how this movie is. Yeah, and the, the movie ends with like Nikolai Carpathia killing somebody and then convincing a room full of people to just be like, this didn't happen, and now you're... He, he literally like Jedi mind tricks them. Right. He, to the point where he like holds out his hand and he's like, "No, this didn't happen." Yeah, and people like grab their heads like, "No, it didn't happen." <laughs> <laughs> Which okay, that actually leads into one of my problems with this movie is mm-hmm. that this idea that you can be tricked by the Antichrist in a way that is completely beyond your control. Yeah. Um, not to get too theological, but that is not what I read happening in the Book of Revelation. And right. So, I really hate the way they portray Nikolai as like, like in the first half of the movie, he's just like a really great leader who wants to do really good things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that just doesn't like, I, if I was a human being living in this world, I would be like, yes, Nikolai Carpathia rules. I would like for him to be the president of the world. World and, peace is bad. <laughs> right? He like wants to like solve world hunger and like help everyone. And that yeah. and they and what this movie is conditioning you to do is to be like if a political figure wants to like help people, that means they're probably the antichrist. <laughs> yeah, it means that they have some type of underlying agenda. Yes. Which which they probably is do, going to but... be the end of the world. <laughs> right. But everyone yeah. does. And we just do the best we can with what we've got. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the the fact that well basically so they Nikolai gathers a room full of people and he says, you know, we have 10 tracts of land, which I don't know how large a tract of land is, but apparently it's huge because yeah. they have 10 people and he's like, you were delegates before, but now you are kings and queens of this tract of land. And um, he like, they are all like, yeah, sure, I'm on board. But Buck is in there as his media liaison, which I don't know why he switches to a French accent when he says that but he does. Mm. And um, Buck realizes beforehand, oh gosh, the Bible is real. This guy <laughs> is the Antichrist. And so my guess is that like Buck is able to resist his Sith Lord powers because he realizes that that Christianity is true. Okay, but that makes sense. No, one, no one else in the room is able to because they, they still live in sin. Yeah. Um that's my guess. I think that's what they're trying to do. Um okay. one of the, one of the funniest moments of this movie is in that boardroom scene mm-hmm. when 
uh, Nikolai is like pontificating and you know saying like well, you he he's incredibly literal. He's like we will have our seven years of peace. <laughs> it's like ooh, I've read that in Revelation. He literally says that like he pulls it straight out of the Book of Revelation. Yes, it says exactly. it to the world. <laughs> he literally says, "Hey guys, this is real, and I'm the bad guy." Um, several times, but he's you know walking around and he goes up to the security guard and he's like Daniel right and the security guard's like yeah that is my name and he goes may I see your gun and he just hands him his gun like he doesn't even (laughs) doesn't even question it he's like thank you and then he shoots two people in the head yes and uh (laughs) okay while we're talking about the funniest parts of this movie can I tell you my funniest part I need I, a laugh. Please. I think you. I think I already sent you a Snapchat of this because I laughed so hard when it happened. Um, so I, I literally started laughing so hard and had to pause the movie when this happened. So uh, it's after um, Rayford, Rayford's wife and son have gone to heaven because his <laughs> wife is a Christian and his son, I guess, was below the age of accountability or maybe he was a Christian too. I'm not sure, but they yeah. have gone to heaven. His teenage or twenty something whatever daughter is still there. And it's this is after Rayford has become a Christian, which happens immediately. His his wife gets raptured, and then he goes, "Oh, I guess the Bible's real, and he, he gets saved." And yeah. um, and then he walks into her bedroom after figuring out what has happened, and he goes, "I know where Mom and Ramy are." And she's like crying, <laughs> and she looks up and goes, "Where?" And he goes, "They're in heaven with God." <laughs> and so his delivery of that line is the funniest thing I've ever heard. He he, yeah, it's something like. Where are they? And he goes, they're in heaven with God. And she's like, ah, oh, crap, Dad. He says it kind of fast, which is what makes it funny to me. He goes, uh, they're, in, they're in heaven with God. As if, like, in heaven with God is some, like, common phrase that people say. It's like, dang, okay, I thought maybe they were at J.C. Penney. Right. But turns out they're in heaven with God. And, and did you find it interesting that the verse that led to his salvation was Genesis 1-1? Uh, I didn't notice that. So in the yeah. beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He goes, yep. well, I guess this is all real. Like, okay, well, I guess he did. Um, yeah, his acceptance of the Lord had nothing to do with revelation or realizing what was happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's interesting, the scene with the pastor who is... Mm-hmm. He is a pastor of a church that I guess his whole congregation gets raptured but he doesn't because he didn't yeah. truly believe. And so our introduction to him is him being really angry with God and yelling at him in the sanctuary and being like, I did all the things. And, and I was good. He, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then he's like, he like kneels down. And it's like, okay, now I believe for real. And so like now he's a Christian, but like, that is really the extent of his involvement with the movie. I guess he's a yeah. bigger character in the series as it goes on, but he's not really, a real character other than that one scene. Yeah. I think that he is kind of included to show us like, Hey guys, it could be anyone. Right. That's just to make you extra scared. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just, I love the names of it, of the main characters in this movie. Buck Williams, Rayford Steele, wonderful name, Nikolai Carpathia, uh, Nikolai Carpathia is legitimately a great name. Like Buck Williams and Rayford Steele are funny. <laughs> yeah. Nikolai Carpathia, 
I actually this might this might be a one and one and a half. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you said name. you said earlier that he looked like somebody. I think yeah. you said that pre-recording. But who who does he look like to you? I think he's a Dollar General Ray Fines. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a great value Ray Fines. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great value brand Ray Fines. Yeah, I could see it. I could uh, see that. He's uh, yeah, like in his younger days a little bit, which. Um, so this movie came out in 2000. Does it not to you feel way older than 2000? Just oh it? yes, it feels like early yeah. 90s, especially at the very beginning when mm-hmm. like the planes are flying overhead and it's literally just like copy paste recrop this flight pattern slightly over and it's like just triangle formation of planes flying overhead and they all are the same. <laughs> Um, and the first three minutes of the movie is just scary music being played over like B-roll footage of people walking around. In well, it's in like Israel. Middle Eastern mystical music, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, do you know where "quote unquote" Israel was filmed in this movie? Is it like Buford, Georgia, or something like <laughs> it that? It was Ontario, Canada. Perfect. And I have a quote from uh, I I got this straight from Wikipedia, but I was reading about this. Um, Bowmanville Zoo's Mike Hackenberger commented, mm, good. <laughs> which this the reason that zoo's significant is because that's where they got the camels for this movie okay. to make it look like Israel. He says, camels sell the look. As a prop, camels are great. You can move them <laughs> around, you can stick them there, and you see a camel on sand, and you know it's the desert. They might not fit through the eye of the needle, but without them, this movie would have been a disaster. There oh, should man. be at least one camel in every movie. <laughs> This is the guy from the zoo where they got the camels to make he Canada just look loves like Israel. Camels. Yeah, and he he like seems to think that this movie is really good but would have been bad without his camels. It's like, guys, I don't want to take credit here, but I think the camels did it. Is he is he a part of the 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 recent run as well? I don't think so. I think this is just a guy who worked at the zoo. <laughs> I hope that I hope he gets some sort of residuals off of this because of his dedication to his camels. Yeah, um, he's man. like a, he's the Christian world's. Um, what's the Airbud guy's name? Oh yeah, Air we Bud talked man. a lot about him. Yeah. Yep, yep. I know who you're talking about. Um, so uh, maybe you are a little more of a biblical scholar than I am, but when Buck is filming the the explosions happening outside and a prophet like comes around the corner Who i have that? no idea <laughs> okay <laughs> i was wondering that too i was like is that like the prophet elijah or something which maybe i i i don't know but it, it, this guy just comes along and he is very clearly just like new york jewish <laughs> yes the world will die, and you will die, and this is the end of the world. And then he just disappears. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know who that guy's supposed to be. Truly no yeah. clue. Okay. Uh, can I tell you my favorite line of this movie? Please do. Okay. It's, uh, is right it in, not, right they're, in God with hev- they're in heaven with God? <laughs> no, it is not that part. Okay. Uh, it is as equally good. Um, but it is right before he sees the prophet. We'll just call him the prophet for now. Yeah. Uh, right before he goes out there, he's like, I got to go back out. And they're like, Buck would have gone into ground zero and filmed Hiroshima. Yeah. 
that's our buck. (laughs) (laughs) That's our buck. Yeah, that's our buck. Um, Great. Uh, This movie is on YouTube, by the way. Full thing on YouTube. Watch it. um, Or don't. I don't care. (laughs) Buck is... um, is uh, uh, what's his name? Eddie Brock in the Venom movie. He's, they're the same character, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's Eddie. <laughs> Br- he's Christian Eddie Brock. Yeah. Uh, speaking man. of Christian Eddie Brock, um, I want to retroactively go back and apologize for making for fun Venom on your honeymoon. Well, yeah, but after talking about that movie on our Scooby Doo episode, we were talking about bracelets. And I remember you talking about how you had like leather bracelets or whatever. And um, I don't I was remember look- this, but I am currently I, wearing I, a leather bracelet. I knew you were, but I looked down at my wrist today and I was like, I could really go for some leather bracelets right now. <laughs> have I told the story of why I have a leather bracelet on the podcast? It's not that good. I, I don't know if you have on the podcast, but you've told me before. I, I got it because I ordered a mask for the shark pandemic, and then they gave me, and it took too long to get here, so they gave me a $25 credit to their store, and it was a leather company, and the only thing I could afford in their store was a leather bracelet, so I was like, guess I'll get oh. this because it's free, and now I wear it all the time. <laughs> That's hilarious that like you order something that is used to protect yourself, and they're like, we're sorry. Mm-hmm. It did take yeah. like a month to get here, so, but I mean, Yeesh. they had a lot of orders. Sure. Uh, but back to the revelation end of times in times um, um i i wanted to say this about the so the the other i guess he's the other pastor at the church who did get raptured yes okay and good. recorded the uh the rapture tape yeah um so ha- so he records a tape that's that they put it in the vcr and he's like hi if you're watching this i've been raptured up to heaven <laughs> with god and he like explains the whole deal yeah. My question for you is, how many pastors do you think actually have made a tape like this? Post this movie, probably a lot. Probably a bunch of them did after this movie. Yeah, like, oh, I that's a solid so. idea. We need to do that. We need to do this, guys. Um, and they probably have like several iterations, depending on theological standpoints, where mm. it's like the thousand-year reigns is currently happening, or give it seven years and it will happen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just depending on what actually plays out. It's like play this pre-trib, play this post-trib tape. <laughs> they have a like whole that. room of tapes for every yep. possible scenario. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Just in case. So how I, did I, they I, find I, that tape? Uh, <laughs> the pastor was like, "I filmed this." The one that oh, was left behind. Right. He's like, "I filmed this three years ago with him, and here it is." <laughs> he's like, "I thought it was fake at the time." He's like, "I kind of thought this was BS, but I'm just I'm a pastor for the money." Yeah, but then he decides it's real because mm-hmm. everyone gets raptured because yep. there's there's clothes everywhere. I it's it's it is kind of sad that he's like, man, I was so good at this that literally my entire congregation was saved and yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> that that is kind of sad and makes you very scared. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I cannot overstate my fear right now. Yeah. Um, oh boy, I'm afraid. Every time I saw a raptured person's clothes laying there, mm-hmm. it was so funny to me. It was. <laughs> Which I I, th- I think I would not have thought that as a kid, but being far enough removed from it, especially like the twinkly magical music that they play the yes. first time when that lady's They play husband, Christmas chimes. It's like it's like the music um 
like from like the Santa Claus when yep. <laughs> when something magical happens. That it, it's funny you mentioned that movie because <laughs> when they showed that man's suit just sitting upright in the chair, <laughs> Chandler goes oh, like the Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait, what is actually the? Oh, because the suit he yeah like his, his Christmas suit. suit yeah yeah I guess okay. Um, I just find it funny that, like, apparently everyone was looking away from a Christian when it happened. Yeah, that's true. Nobody really sees it happen. Yeah. And you get one set piece of, like, an interstate highway where everybody has had a wreck because all the Christians disappeared. Mm-hmm. But, like... It's a good day for Christians to go out and drive their vehicles. Right. <laughs> but um, other than that, it's like, we don't get to see much of what happens to the world because it's a low budget movie but right exactly yeah apparently every world leader does not believe in god because they're they never like i know they do say the president is gone they do say that okay um but their theory which is hilarious or the theory that they say what happened they're like it was nuclear waste and that's it or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's definitely what it was. It was nuclear fallout. I don't know. Yeah, yep. I don't know. Or, yeah, they're just I like don't... it was radiation that made <laughs> these people disappear. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, do you remember that one time when they're talking to the guy? I can't remember where they are when he's talking to them, but he says like, "Hey, you know that story from the Bible where it says two uh-huh. workers will be in a field and one will disappear and the other will be left there?" Yeah. Uh, and then he goes like. What if there's two women in a kitchen <laughs> and one of them's left there and the other's taken? I was I was like, what? <laughs> what is the <laughs> Wait, joke he, here? <laughs> yeah, he was like, and he just it, it was the, it was the pilot. Yes, yeah. and he's like, you know, it says that story in that Bible where it's like there's two workers in the field and one disappears and the other one's there. Now it's just two women in the kitchen and the other one's left doing the dishes. Or something and then he like, like cackles as if he's made a wonderful joke. Made, made like a, a very good Louis C.K. joke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I still have so many more notes, but I don't know if anyone... I think I just was like needing Angrily to... typing. Yeah. Can you just briefly go through your notes? Because you said you had a lot, and I okay. am curious. All right, I'll try to hit on stuff that I haven't said. I'll just do like a speed round. Uh, I wrote down, sometimes I forget that Kurt Cameron is an actor. Like, that's yep. how he got his start, which is pretty yep. funny because he's very bad. Not as it. a Christian actor. He no. Was like a, he was a real actor. Growing pains. Yep. Um, it, and, they did hurt. Uh, Ray's wife, when she disappears, she has a ring and a cross necklace. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I wrote, I want to see a pile of clothes with like a pacemaker lying there. <laughs> and then I oh, started gosh. thinking about like, if a Christian had a heart transplant, Internal that their organs. heart was from yeah. an atheist, would a heart with like a bloody heart be laying on the ground. Yeah, gross. Uh, there's certain shots where characters just don't have their faces to the camera when they're supposed to be emotional. <laughs> <laughs> they just conveniently are looking away from the camera. Yep. Um, amazing that this guy got saved an hour ago and is now speaking perfect Christianese, which yep. that's speaking of Rafer Steele. Um, yes. Which I guess he, is he literally teaches his daughter how to pray. Yeah. Uh, and then I just wrote down this movie gets very boring toward the end because it does. Like, it's kind of exciting for the first bit because you're like, sure. what's happening? Um, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, Rayford just stops being a character for like the last 30 minutes. Like, yes, his, his job is to plant the seed of salvation in Buck's heart. And then after that, he's just kind of not really in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very much feels like a pilot episode for a TV show. Sure. 
Yeah. Did you know that this movie was released first on DVD and then it had a theatrical release? Interesting. That's a that's a good play. <laughs> Interesting strategy. The the first DVD released on the thirty October thirty first. Um, featured coupons for the upcoming theatrical lease, allowing those going to see it to get in for the price of a matinee ticket. So they were like trying to drum up. Um, I don't know what the strategy is here, to be honest. <laughs> Why would yeah, you do that? You, you, you tried. You tried, man. Well, what they probably were thinking, if I know marketers, they were like, this is how everyone's done it for all this time. What if we did it in reverse? What if we And do they think it that they're wrong. brilliant. <laughs> Yes, what if we did it incorrect? And they think that they're, you know, brilliant because of it, mm-hmm. but but not. Well, like, when it's a straight-to-DVD movie that makes you, like, that automatically lessens your view of the quality of that movie. But right. when it's, like, this is a movie that's going to come out in theaters, maybe there's a sense of, like, oh, I'm getting a sneak peek and I'm watching it on DVD, DVD first. But Yeah, or maybe it will be different. Right. I can't imagine ever, like, wanting to watch something on DVD before seeing it in the theater, though. Right. I would always rather watch it in the theater, but... Sure. It worked because this movie made back basically ex- exactly its budget, which was $4 million, so... That is insane that it was that money, that much. That's probably yes. just what they had to pay Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yes. Uh, superstar Kirk Cameron, so... Yep. Um, any other thoughts on this movie? No, I'm filled with anxiety, and no, uh, I think that everything that I have said, or that everything that I wanted to say has been said. Well, uh, don't get too comfortable, because we are about to talk about some sin. Yes, good. An apt segment. Uh, the, The segment works. Yeah, so sinful moments is when we look up the, uh, the parents' guide section on IMDb to to see what people were concerned about when this movie came out um, as far as what is suitable for children to see. So the five categories are sex and nudity, violence and gore, profanity, alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and frightening and intense scenes. Which one would you like to start with? I, I mean, I, we got to start with a biggie here. Um, frightening and intense scenes. Yeah, so this one gets a rating for of moderate from the parents' section. Oh, wow. Section. Okay. There are three bullet points under here. Can you guess what any of them are? Yeah, the first one is the whole movie of Left Behind. <laughs> it doesn't say um, that. I'm going to assume that it says, like, the, the, the airport, or I'm sorry, the airplane scene is fairly chaotic and troubling. Um... Well, it just says some emotionally intense scenes from the aftermath of the rapture, which I guess would be what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nikolai shoots a man in the head, and that's frightening, right? So it doesn't say that explicitly under frightening intense scenes. It does say the final scene in which the Antichrist is revealed is unsettling, which... Okay. I don't think that's the unsettling part of the movie, frankly. It is but. not. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're correct. Um, And you said there's one more? There's... One more, and it's very funny. <laughs> um, a man throws a Bible at a cross. No, it's it's more general than that, so I'll just read okay. it. It says, the rapture scene is somewhat intense, but is meant to be more of an eye-opener for unbelievers. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. So, whoever wrote this Parents' Guide section was uh, was on board with the mission. They were, yeah. Yeah, they were into it. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and tell you nothing in profanity. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they what are, else yeah. do you want to look at next? 
violence and gore, baby. Okay, there are, it says mild, um, but there are four things under here. A man shoots two men in the head, because they never use names. They're, they probably say right. a man shoots two men. That's very close to the actual wording. It says a man callously shoots two men in the head. We oh, see, okay. We see the wound on one of them. Yes, good. Um, there's four things. An Arby man points a gun at Buck Williams. Is that part of it? Um, I think this is the scene that you're. T- what 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 scene are you referring to exactly? Oh, actually? it's when Buck goes outside of Rayford Steele's home and the army they have declared martial law. Okay, and they're no, like, I don't if you come outside of your home, you will be shot in the head. But no, that's not in here. Okay, um, is it that like in, when they're in Israel, and the planes are just blowing up in midair? Uh, also no, that's not in here. Mm. Well, give me give me what it says. Okay, so the first one is in the me- in the immediate aftermath of the rapture, we hear a large number of passenger airplanes that crashed due to the, the missing flight crews. Which that's not what you were referring to, right? That's a separate thing, I think. Correct. And it says elsewhere, Chloe comes across a massive traffic accident and we see several bloodied and panicked people now that scene i'll remember uh, i i didn't mention this earlier but i do remember watching that one for the first time as a kid and that scared me pretty significantly there's a quick shot of them like carrying a body on a stretcher of like someone really bloody and i remember that really freaked me out as a kid yeah do you remember the man that like kind of just like in a daze walks by covered in blood yes i remembered him too he was a scary do you know man. what he is credited as what Zombie man. Oh, okay. Um, So isn't there something in Revelation about other random people coming back from the dead? Is that what that's supposed to be? Uh, Well, it mentions that. uh, I think it says, like, in order, the dead will join Jesus, and then the living will. So I think that's how people interpret zombies or something like that. Okay, so they probably just called him zombie man because he was walking like a zombie. Yeah, something like that. Um, Quickly, the other two things under violence and gore are... Number one, a car bomb presumably kills a man. Buck is yes. injured by the same Presumably. Blast. Yes. <laughs> we see blood on his leg. Um, and then the other one is an informant is found dead in his house. Moments later, a sniper narrowly misses Buck's head. Yeah. That sniper is bad because he literally yes. had his crosshairs on Buck and then moved them over and shot the computer. Yep. Uh, so there's two more categories, alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and sex and nudity. Let's just go to alcohol, drug, smoking. All right, there's two things in here. Um. Okay. I. I'm. I, these stood out to me. So they are at a bar and there's drinking. Yes. Buck and the man. Two men and, have drinks at a bar. Yes. And then these two women smoke cigarettes. Literally, word for word, two women smoke cigarettes. I think you're Good. doing the best you've ever done in this game. I am on fire and not in hell. Uh, um, last sex category: and sex and nudity. There's only one thing under here. A man has an affair. <laughs> Ray is unfaithful to his wife. He flirts that with That is indeed sex. He flirts he flirts with and kisses another woman during a flight. Yep. Did they kiss? I don't remember that. He he does. He kisses her. But oh, it's like man, it's like a smooching. stage kiss. You know, they it's like a stage kiss where he turns the full back of his head to the camera uh, <laughs> to where you don't actually see them lock their lips. Yeah, and then <laughs> So we didn't talk a whole lot about that character, but I feel like she remains mm-hmm. a big character in the books because she is having a, a ref, an affair with Rayford Steele. Yeah. And then she, once um, once his wife gets raptured, she comes to him and is like, 
very understandably frightened and scared and just wanting to be comforted by him. And yeah. he's like, listen, I can never like, talk to you again. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, whatever. If you want to like respect your wife and, and keep your She's distance heaven, from this woman, that's now. fair. But like, this woman is experiencing trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe be nicer to her. And then she like gets a job at the UN. And I feel like that maybe stays a plot line in the series. She moves from being a flight attendant to being in the meeting room (laughs) at the UN. Of the ruler of the world. Based upon the recommendations of a journalist. Yeah. (laughs) Some mad networking going on. Like, literally, she she says, I speak directly for Nikolai. And she was a flight attendant Once again, the king of the world. (laughs) Yes, he literally sits upon Solomon's throne and is the devil incarnate. And she was a flight attendant, and now she speaks directly for him. Hey, that's a career path right there. Yeah, that's that's huge upward trajectory. So that was Sinful Moments. Thank you. And we are... I I actually feel kind of relieved being like done (laughs) we got through it i agree like i've enjoyed this episode and i was looking forward to talking about this movie but like this one took more emotional energy than our typical episodes yeah i feel like i can sleep now yeah so we still have to put it through the gauntlet which i i want to i want to say this that does make us sound like weenie hut juniors but we are emotional beings yeah we are weenie hut juniors also yeah that's true um, so we have to ask of it our typical three questions. Is this movie good for kids? I can't even <laughs> say that. Ask that question without laughing. Yes. Is this movie good for adults and does it stand the test of time? Clint, is this movie good for kids? No. No. No, this movie is in fact bad. As someone who saw this as a kid, it makes me feel bad to see it again. <laughs> I, yeah, this might actually be the worst movie for kids that we've yeah, done on this I show. Agree. I agree. Jaws is better for kids, 100%. Mm-hmm. Show your kids Jaws. Yes, please show your kids Jaws before showing them this movie. Because in the Jaws, you can at least tell your kids, you're not going to get eaten by a shark that big. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sharks aren't really that mean. Um, is this movie good for adults? Sharks have no bones. Sorry, what? That's true. Um, is this movie good for adults? Hey, can we get your nieces to say fun facts Hell about no. the Antichrist? Uh, I don't want to do that. No, don't do that. Let's get, get yours. No, absolutely not. We are keeping our nieces as far away from this movie as we possibly can because we don't want them to have to go through what we went through. Um, uh-huh. Is this movie good for adults? I mean, no. <laughs> it's no, not. It's not. It, yeah. It's not, if you have no attachment to Christianity, it won't be good. And if you do, it'll just, you know, make you feel bad. Right. And like we kind of talked about earlier, I do think it would be possible to make a movie about this interpretation of the end times that would be appealing to Christians and non-Christians alike. Like, I think right. that is possible, but this movie yeah. doesn't do. Like, this, it is, like, we've talked about how scary it is. You could make a scary movie about this that works. I agree. This movie is scary, but does not work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, does it stand the se- the test of time? No. No. Not even almost. Nope. No jokes there. It just doesn't. 
Oh boy. So this one actually, so we usually send it to its own version of hell, right? But this one actually should go to hell. No, this version just stays on, this version That's gets true. left behind. This one actually gets left behind on earth. Yep. And, and when it dies of old age, it will go to hell, but it, yep. not yet. Yep, exactly. Um, so let's talk about what we're doing next on the show. Oh, oh no, boy. it's oh left no. behind again. <laughs> Yes, it, except this time it is the 2014 Nicolas Cage version, which was made to be in direct contrast to this movie. It was made in spite of the of this movie that we just covered. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this more on the next episode, but just a little teaser. Didn't the author of the book sue the production company of this movie because yes. it wasn't, like, it was too boring? And so yes. then they made this movie, which is supposed to be, like, the action movie version of this movie. Yep, it was supposed to be like the 2012 John Cusack version of this, except as Nicolas Cage. Uh, John Cusack could have been great in this movie. Yep, should should have gotten the cuse. Um, several times while watching Rayford Steele, I did think, I cannot wait to see Nick Cage playing this man. Yes, exactly. Me too. I think that will bring an energy to this movie. Like, just an energy. Not a good energy, not a bad energy. Just an energy to this movie that this the, the original version does not have energy. Yep. Um, the, I don't believe Nikolai Carpathia is in the Nicolas Cage version. Yeah, I think from what I've heard, it most, mostly focuses on the flight. And it's like, what if you were on a flight and a bunch of people disappeared? <laughs> and it's like it is kind of more like the Twilight Zone version of this movie. Yeah. Which I, I think it will be more fun to watch than this movie. I'm not expecting it to be a good movie by any means. But I'm really excited to watch it because neither of us have seen it, correct? Correct. So tune in for that. Probably a little bit less therapy on the next one. But I don't yeah. know. No Who promises. knows? Maybe maybe something will come up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you should follow us on all of our social media. We have a Twitter account. It's at Purely Nostalgia. Uh, we have an Instagram account. It's at Purely Nostalgia Pod. Um, I am also on Twitter at Elisha P. Smith, and it's the same for Letterboxd. Yeah, and uh, sorry, I zoned out for a minute. Uh, I am also on Twitter and Letterboxd at Clint J.H. Page. The J.H. stands for Jazz Hands. Um, also coming up, I think in just a couple days, days the next episode of live and let cry which is another podcast i do with our friend cody from the best pictures podcast where he tries to make me cry by watching movies because i'm a robot who doesn't cry at movies mm-hmm. um that is going to be about the movie ratatouille um, and th- that one i think i think it'll do it <laughs> well find out if it does then that podcast is over forever and if it doesn't we'll have another episode so nice uh, that will drop on this feed in, I believe, just a couple days. So, uh, Congrats. We release that on the last Friday of every month. You can also listen to it on the Best fi- Pictures feed. I think we're the first podcast in history to ever just be like, what if we just released it on two feeds? No, mm-hmm. we're not the first. But um, And uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, first of all, you know, kudos to you for choosing this to be your first one. Uh, but <laughs> made it this far. Yeah, Congrats. really. Give us a uh, give us a five star rating, uh, you know, like and subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, specifically on iTunes, five stars and comment as well. Uh, five stars goes a long way to making sure we are at the top of the list for purely and nostalgic based content. Get us up there, folks. We, we need money. 
we need money. We don't. We don't we get don't. money from this we show. We don't get anything. Yeah. Um, I think everyone deserves a round of applause for making it through this episode. This is for us and for the listeners. Great job, yeah. everyone. Yeah, I think we need to give ourselves credit that we got through it, even though we are Weenie Hut Juniors. We are Weenie Hut Juniors. And as always, that'll do, Donkey. We'll see you bassoon. And Skinath for listening. So I, I was trying to find it. I was trying to find the song that played at the, at the very end. Oh, man. Behind. A lot of good and songs was, in this movie. I was going to sing it. If I could find it, I'd like to use it as the outro music. Because I won't be left behind. Something like that. Yeah. Because I'm a Christian. I'm not a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe. Yes, I believe. All right, um, this is the energy that we're going in with.